0: Recorded during the plague year 2021, this is the Andromeda Minute, a show where Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays we go over one minute of Robert Wise's all-too-timely 1971 techno-thriller, The Andromeda Strain. One minute of screen time per episode. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of tvdads.com.
1: And I am this week's co-host, graphic novelist Brian Fees, author of books like A Fire Story, Mom's Cancer, and Whatever Happened to the
0: World of Tomorrow. And Brian, we are in minute 125, which starts with a bunch of blaring alarms while uh, uh, Dr. Stone is looking at a monitor and it ends with three minutes to self-destruct. So we're going to have a, I have a question. Here's the contest. Is uh, it, who's worse, uh, Dr. Hall climbing a ladder or Dr. Stone giving instructions on how to avoid getting hit with a laser? Dr. Stone is so. I, I in my notes here, I've called him Doctor Exposition. You know, the,
1: that's the letter across from you. Go, man, before the gas starts. Thank uh, you, thank you, Dr. Stone.
0: You know, don't look at the camera. And, yeah, and,
1: uh, yeah and, and then later on, he's, he's like, uh, Bob, weave, duck, and, and he, he doesn't say right or left. Yeah, you know, he's, he's giving him totally useless instructions to avoid these lasers. Uh, I, you know, it's wonderful. It's it's just yeah. wonderful. This uh, whole action set piece in this, the core of Wildfire is terrific.
0: It's crazy. It's and the the, yeah, the funny thing this this is where they kind of blew the budget. Uni- uh, Universal Studios was making TV shows at the time. They were they really didn't have big money for a you know super duper thing, and they spent all the money building this force perspective. Uh, hole in the ground. They actually had to dig a trench inside of one of their studios to uh, to fit this thing in, so the the top of that uh, corridor would fit in underneath the roof of the studio. I so. was wondering
1: if you knew the details because it's a wonderful set. This this core. It's a utilitarian. It looks like it's all just gray stainless steel. I think it's terrific, and I have always assumed that at least some of it is matte painting. But you're saying it's a it's a it's a forced perci- per- forced perspective
0: uh set yeah there is a forced perspective if you look at second nine you can see where the where the matte painting in the back or not a matte painting it's just a painting in Natural the actual painting yeah yeah that's an actual painting that sits in there and the the, the ladder doesn't quite match up with the rest of the ladder it's mm-hmm. just a, not not quite but you know it's they didn't if they had if they had taken your courses on how to draw uh, uh, vanishing <laughs> points and things they know what they were doing
1: I think it's it's very well done, and they're very smart. Robert Wise is very smart about uh, reversing angle too, so that we look down on Hall from you know three or four stories up, and then we see Hall looking up three or four or five stories. And it's uh, I think they're very clever, making the most of what they've got.
0: Yeah, from what I understand, that one shot where we're seeing uh, Hall at the bottom of the, uh, the pit there, the, core, the, uh, the central core, uh, they actually, uh, much like the Music Man when they were shooting the uh, 4th of July picnic in the Music Man, they took the roof off the, off the studio and stuck a camera in. So this is shooting from the roof through, you know, into the, that, that's the entirety of the, you know, where he's standing is the bottom of the, of the soundstage. stage. Wonderful. So, uh, But, yeah, they, they, they used it very well. And that very 70s uh, ragged zoom in. It wasn't quite a smash zoom, but it's just like, there he is way down there. Um, and it, it sold it quite well. It, it really yeah. it gives you the idea of terror. Um, yeah. I, I've actually been enchanted with this whole core
1: idea. Uh, I love Wildfire in general, just the design of it, the, the stories, the donut-shaped, uh, you know, beautiful, rounded, white, Apple Store walls, and then there's just this utilitarian core. I, I love the whole thing. It's a beautiful set and or design.
0: Yeah, it, it, and those little they look like boron control rods that you have to like the way you you'd have, you have to disarm the entire place. And there's all kinds of other knobs yeah. to twist and handles to pull. Um, and yeah, I, the practicality of it. Uh, I I used to uh, <laughs> I, I used to work for building facilities in a in a in a building that had uh, had elevators. And the thing that always that the practical, the practical part of this is this is a utility corridor or a utility uh, shaft. And if you think of an elevator, how often do you see the lights on in an elevator shaft? It's, it's, yeah, no, nobody's ever in here. So this should be as dark as pitch. But, well, you know, then we couldn't see the movie. Uh, and
1: I, th- I think the, the design, not just of this shaft, but of everything um, just reinforces. I think what to me is, is the overarching theme of this movie is is sort of uh, humanity versus Humanity's tools, you know, yes. how, much, how much trust we put in our our tools, our machines, our computers uh, versus ourselves. And as we discussed last minute, and now we're coming to the part of the movie where human ingenuity kind of has to take over from our tools.
0: Right. And fighting with the, a machine much in the way. I mean, yeah. there were so many so many things going on fighting machines here or fighting other humans that had really bad ideas. Um, the, yes,
1: the, uh, fighting our own poor programming of these machines.
0: Yeah, I, I think to me Andromeda Strain falls in a trilogy of, uh, of bad bad technology ideas that were all happening at the same time. Back then, let, me, let me interrupt you. Okay. Colossus the Forbin Project. Okay. Is that one of them? That's one of them. <laughs> okay, go ahead. You, you, got it. you got it. We're on the same path. And uh, I would say Silent Running. Oh, yeah, uh, Absolutely so it's uh just you know man's bad ideas and then overcoming man's bad ideas and there's always one one person who has to stand alone against it even if the one person colossus you know it, 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 forbin is the it, forbin is the guy that has to stand against his own bad creation yeah um
1: could could i uh, take a pause here to just sure. uh, tell share some history with you jim sure um the uh u.s occupational safety and health administration was established in december of 1970 that's osha To ensure safe and healthy working conditions for working men and women, Uh, presumably OSHA regulations were not in effect when Wildfire was designed.
0: (laughs) I agree. Yeah, I and there's not even ADA isn't even on the horizon in this place. It just seems like you have to be fit as a fiddle to uh, to work here and willing to risk danger.
1: You know, I just watched Hall get out on that circular uh, walkway, that that catwalk, and. Uh, go have to monkey his way to the far side of the ladder it would have been so easy to design that ladder with just like little passage holes up through the walkways but he has to he has to climb out to the to the one part of the ladder where if he
0: slipped he would fall five stories to his death yes. yeah <laughs> you know? and yeah no they, they didn't bother with a cage i mean that, no there's, there's no
1: cage there's no rail there's no nothing it's just it's it's just ridiculous how he has to climb this ladder and he's he's not good at
0: it no no well i mean too too much time in in surgery not enough uh, on the at the gym um it's uh it, it doesn't it, there's so much that doesn't make sense and it's only what we've seen how tall the ceilings in between levels are about maybe seven feet tall it's a very claustrophobic place um and he so but he only has to go i would guess maybe 12 feet i, mm. I don't know I, I, rough rough guess 12 feet but to the next level and that would be I would, you know, on a one foot ladder, that's 12 steps, right? So
1: I, I just, could climb a 12 foot ladder in probably 20 or 30 seconds,
0: couldn't you? Yeah, um, it's, uh, <laughs> it's terrifying. Um, it's wonderful. Yeah, and it's, it's great because this was at a time before people had their own lasers. Um, it's, you know, the, the, the hard, the thing that would not work nowadays, I can remember, I can remember being in a movie theater and this was about maybe 10 or 15 years ago. And I was watching some movie and there were kids sitting behind us. And one of them had a pen, you know, a pen light mm. laser on their keychain, and they kept shooting it at the eyes of the, the people oh. on screen. And I was thinking, I had I, I turned to my wife and I said, you know, this is the, definitely the future where you can be annoyed by kids behind you shooting lasers at a, in a theater. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it's, it's nothing like it's nothing like this. Oh, lasers are very dangerous. Um, I, it, you know, I came to this minute prepared to mock the laser
1: laserography of it, but actually, I came away like kind of impressed. You know, um, I, I there's no pew pew sound. There's a little bit of a sound, but you can attribute that to the you know the laser. I don't know electronics firing or something, and lasers should rightly be. Um, you know, invisible, but you could say, "Well, it's it's shooting through the knockout gas, so maybe yeah. you could see the yeah. beam." And so, I was kind of impressed. I, I only have one laser story. I'll share it real quickly. You can edit it out later if you want. No. But I, I went to college in the seventies, and and uh, uh, I was a physics major. And and uh, so, to do astronomy, we'd go up to the top of the physics building. We had a pretty high-powered laser up there. It was you know handheld, but it was it was a pretty powerful laser. And we had great fun from the fifth-story top of our physics building. Again, this is like your movie experience. Before people had a lot of firsthand experience with lasers, we would shoot this laser down the ground in front of people and watch them try to step on it. It was like playing with cats, except with people. <laughs> and they're, they're trying to stomp on this red light, this dot on the ground, or actually it was green, it was a green laser. And, and they're, they're trying to stomp on this laser. And the only thing that stopped them was hearing us laughing our, our heads off. <laughs> <laughs> It was like playing with cats. It was just the best thing. And so people are clearly no smarter than
0: cats. They got experienced. Nobody would fall for that now, but oh, it was delightful. Yeah, I miss I miss it when lasers were a different kind of dangerous. It seems, you know, it this it, it, is taken away. It, it it's kind of like when we found out what Mars was really like and it was hard to tell Martian Chronicles type stories about Mars, you know, you lost Barzum when you when you learn more about it. And I feel that way about lasers. This yeah. is long before they thought of, you know, lasers as something that you use in a printer. <laughs> <laughs> um but he uh, oh it's it's so it's so awkward watching Uh, poor hall trying to figure out how to hide from a laser and worse dr stone giving him the as as you said the least helpful if if he said if if he said duck i would have assumed with all the animals running around that you know watch out for the duck (laughs) there's a a
1: duck in there now yeah (laughs) (laughs) you know i just wanted to note uh, in passing that uh as as hall's giving not excuse me as stone's giving directions he's watching this little monitor of a uh you know a very crude animated outline of a monkey of of hall climbing up the the ladder and um you know i remember the original book had a lot of these sort of character based graphics in the book in the text of the book they were typed out yes. as you know zeros and and slashes and dashes and stuff and um i think it's it looks ridiculous now because we would expect and be used to so much better computer graphics than that. But within the book, um, I think it worked very well and it was very influential. Just this sort of idea of as you're reading the book, you come across these these pictures drawn out in, in characters. Um, they translated it to the screen. Maybe it worked in, you know, the 1970s. Maybe it didn't. But yeah, I think it was, I think they were trying to translate from the book to the screen. I don't know if it worked.
0: Yeah, I, I think it did. I, I agree. I think it came out very well. And at the time, 1970s, it's 1969, 1970, 71, uh, that multimedia presentation, not you know, not as a comic book, but as some kind of a blend. Um, I'm, I'm sure you've read the books of Jack Finney, like Time After Time. And, yes, uh, yes. Yeah, and, and he had multimedia in it. And well, it, uh, I don't know if I've spoken about it on this show, but it, going, it, Jack Finney wrote uh, – wrote books about the past but when he talked about going into the past he would show pictures of where he was when he was in the past and he'd show an old photograph and he'd circle somebody in a crowd and say that's me in this Ah, picture from the past and it it, it, i mean you could tell the story without pictures but the pictures helped a lot because you know as as everybody knows it says you know a thousand words um and it gave more of a a dint of reality to it and when you when you look through um the, the andromeda the strain book with all of its uh, it, it, you know switching to uh, uh, teletype looking fonts and reading dispatches it's kind of like found documents when you're reading through it and it's almost like a like a warren commission report a collection of old files that you're going through while you're reading the the, the narrative yeah
1: um, it really brought some very similitude to the story um it, sort of a you are there and and um just very playful use of the medium that i again i think they tried to bring to the movies but since books and movies are two different media it's also this is the kind of thing that comics do very well it's one thing i try to do in my own comics and I admire in other people's comics is you know using the medium like that for example just changing the the color of a scene which movies do all the time you know when when danger's coming everything turns red kind of deal um communicates there, there are so many different ways to communicate Information and emotions to audiences, and I think this uh, this uh, the book made good use of them. Comics make u- use of them, and I think this this movie made good use of that kind of thing too.
0: Yeah, and being being able to break down uh, that wall that 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 disbelief wall that you have when you're when you're reading about something thinking, oh, this is implausible. This I don't think this feels. If you give somebody um, a primary source in the middle of all this, it feels a little bit realer. Um, I, one of the uh, if we could talk a little bit about your uh, book, whatever happened to the world of tomorrow, you, uh, talk about the past in the, you know, the, 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 1939 world's fair and things, but you include within your book, you include, uh, you know, like a cheap comic book in, in the middle of it all. And it, it's, it, it even has, uh, you know, car, uh, cartoons with, uh, the Benday dots are out of registration and things like that. And, and it looks, it, it looks like, gee, this is really from 1940. Um, it it just pulls you in a little bit further than you know than you would with just uh, extrapolating things from your mind not that reading is a bad thing but it's just it's interesting what a powerful tool uh, illustration is in telling a story yeah
1: thanks for mentioning that that was great fun to do and try and and great work to try to do right
0: oh yeah you know? yeah it's it, it, it's looking through those every page you can see you actually you thought it out very hard of what would make this a little bit more real and by making by making it a little worse you made it a little better so it uh, very impressive. Well, I wouldn't um,
1: put myself in, in, you know, Michael Crichton's uh, wheelhouse or category, but um, I think I, I, this is this is a half-formed thought because I don't know if I had it before. But um, I would imagine he did a ton of research that he was very careful not to show in his projects. He did the research, but he you don't show it off, and that that was true for me, and particularly in whatever happened in the world of tomorrow. You know, I had. 3,000 pages of research. I had blueprints of subway cars from 1939. Um, so when I drew a subway car, it was the right subway car, but I didn't, I didn't, you know, rub your nose in it. I didn't make a big deal about it. It's just, yep, that looks like a subway car from 1939. And I think he's the same way. You think about, you know, this movie or Jurassic Park or something like that. I mean, he was, he excelled at that kind of techno thriller of taking the nut of something scientific and then just, just, Turning it up to eleven, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah. You could, you could, you look at it at, at the same time. You're saying that's ridiculous. You say, well, it's not that ridiculous. there's No, and you know- what makes
1: it plausible is the research he did. He he understood enough about you know alien life or how the United States might uh, respond to a you know that kind of thing, or he understood enough about DNA and genetics and you know extracting uh, T Rex DNA from a flying amber kind of thing. He 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 did that research and then just spun the story out from it. And I think that's beautiful. I think that's exactly what research is for.
0: Yeah. Being able to combine, uh, you know, as we've been talking techno porn, you can, you can combine competence with hubris and you get, I mean, this is, this is yet another Frankenstein story, but it's told in such a, a clever manner that you don't realize, oh yeah, it's the same old story of, you know, man should be messing around with this kind of stuff. Um, uh, one last thing I want to just mention on this is we're, we're getting I think these this is like one of the last groups here where we're seeing um, split diopter uh, activity. When we see uh, Stone looking at the, uh, the iconographic uh, uh, crosshairs zooming in on, on Hall's little pictogram, uh, Stone's, the back of his head is all in, uh, in focus and uh, the monitors in focus. Uh, which was a difficult shot because he's, his, his head's moving around and trying to keep everything in focus. We, we, can, we watch when his head moves in front of uh, Hall's pictogram. Uh, the pictogram goes out of focus. So just, it, it's, I think this is the last one in the movie that we actually see that. But it's, uh, it's nice seeing Robert Wise. <laughs> he, he got every last dollar out of, that, uh, out of that split diopter lens that he rented.
1: Yeah, good catch, and uh, he's just such a smart filmmaker. And it's little details like that that, again, the
0: casual viewer would never catch, but um, put you there. Yeah, and we're we're also as we as we're hitting the end of this movie, or as we're hitting the end of this minute, uh, a very classic 1970s um, art form in uh, filmmaking is showing a lens flare. This is uh, mm-hmm. lens flares really big in uh, movies like um, uh, The Wild Bunch. Uh, had them uh, you saw them all the time in the te- television show kung fu and uh, here we get the lens flare with the laser shining directly into the into the lens when uh, he's getting shot a great pov because suddenly your hall just getting narrowly avoiding a, a laser blast um, just a beautiful a beautiful little scene there that hadn't really been shown in motion pictures before. And and it's nice seeing, you know, Robert Wise was in his uh, late 50s deciding, I can do this too, and I'll, I'll do it here. <laughs> an, an old man, and he hadn't yet made Star Trek, so. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is uh, halfway between uh, Sound of Music and, and Star Trek, so. <laughs> He's, he's he's learning on the fly, but it's it's nice to, nice to see an old dog can still pick stuff. You up. You know,
1: I wonder if the studio looked at this movie and said, "That's the guy who could make Star Trek the motion picture." I bet it was I bet it was a big part of his resume for, to get that next
0: job. Yeah, could be. I mean, it's you know, I mean, gosh, it was uh, eight years behind him, but you know, he he obviously you know you could say, "Well, I've been doing this for eight years." Yeah. And, uh, and I've done lasers. Everything. Yeah, sure, no problem. Well, lasers, so. phasers, what the heck. <laughs> Um, oh, I quick as as we're leaving this minute, I just wanted to ask you if you had any font opinions on the number four. <laughs> I, 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 I know, it's, I know, I knew you're a font maven, but it, it, just, it
1: is it is of its time.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's very very stylized. I like I like the four. It's very kind of squat and you know sturdy looking. Uh, sure, and and it does fit in with the wildfire idea. But um, I it just, does its so
1: job. It's very legible with, you know, a little style. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Kind safety. of
1: a Rudy Gurnrick thing or something. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I, I enjoy I enjoyed I enjoy a good font. That's a that's a pretty good font. Wow. Well, <laughs> good, uh, well we, 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 we can end the minute here. I know that uh, I know that you uh, promote local bookstores as you should, um, but I think people can also get you online, I think, in Amazon. Right. Just, just type in Brian Fees. I would imagine you could find any of your.
1: Yes, my last name is spelled F I E S and as far as I know I'm the only Brian Fees on the planet. So um, one of the advantages of having a strange last name um, <laughs> and you will you do that on Amazon and you'll find everything I've ever done.
0: What is the Fies Fees ratio when people are introducing you? I was
1: just wondering how, how... You know, uh, Fies more than Fees. I get a lot of Fries too uh, or ah. or freeze. The people
0: want to put an R in it, but uh, I answer to anything. Uh ah, okay. <laughs> As long as they find the books, that's 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 what matters. Uh, well, great. Well, um, well, Brian, let's let's pick this up at the end of the week um, as we find the, continu- the continually perilous adventures of Dr. Hall. Uh, we'll, we'll find out where what's what's going on next as he's stuck on stuck on uh, four. But with, uh, with yeah. Dr. Exposition yelling at
1: him over the loudspeaker.
0: <laughs> Yes, go to the ladder, and we'll get to the next minute. Yes, uh, well, we will uh, we will return on Friday. Uh, but for folks who would like to reach out to us, I'm always uh, interested in hearing your own thoughts on uh, on climbing twelve foot ladders from, from floor to floor. Uh, please reach out to us online at. Uh, there's a couple of different places on social media. You can find us at uh, uh, the uh, Project Wildfire, the Andromeda Strain Hangout on, uh, or the Andromeda Minute Hangout on uh, Facebook or on Twitter at Andromeda Minute. Uh, If you've missed any of our previous episodes, and there's 125 of them, so there's lots of hours for you to listen to if you go to our big site at uh, andromedaminute.com or you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn, or wherever wherever you found this podcast. Uh, you can get it back, please go back, like, and subscribe, and you, know, you can get it delivered Mondays Wednesdays and Fridays while we are still while we still have movie to go. And it'll still be there after the, after we're done. Uh, in the meantime, we, before we get to uh, Friday, please do the three things that will help get rid of the plague that we're currently under. Uh, wash your hands for 20 seconds, wear a mask, and try to stay six feet apart from people who you don't live with. Uh, hopefully, if everybody does that, we can get through this plague ASAP. And we will see you here as the weekend's on Friday, uh, right here on the Andromeda Minute.